1: Welcome, everyone. We're super excited to bring Karen Louse to the stage to help talk about how to eradicate self doubt. Now, if you're like me, self doubt can creep up when you least expect it and it can undermine your plans. So, let me introduce Karen to you. Karen Louse is a communication expert and confidence cultivator. And she's on a mission to eradicate self-doubt in 10 million women by giving them simple strategies to ask for what they want in the boardroom and beyond. Karen first recognized the power of confident communication when she successfully negotiated her first flea market purchase at six years old. With 25 years commanding coveted stages such as on Google and NASA, she now guides women to transform self-doubt into self-confidence, resulting into more clients, Job Promotions and Negotiation Wins. So welcome, Karen. We're super excited to have you on.
2: Thank you. I'm happy to be here
0: too. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And and this is, we, we all have shreds of self-doubt, right? Like no matter where we are and what we've done. So I love that you're talking about this today because I think this is relevant for absolutely everyone. So this is great. Oh, so true. Yes. Okay, so let's just kind of dive right in, Karen, and okay. let's um do you have some advice for any woman listening who is struggling with self-doubt? I have lots of it, for sure. First
2: thing I want to say is that you are not alone. <laughs> to your point, we all have it. And as much as I would love to say I can we can fully eradicate it, I think we're, we never quite arrive, but the key for me is that you don't want to be held back by that so much so that you don't speak up and that you hold yourself back from being the real you. So one of the exercises that I love to offer is something I call the Broadway musical technique. And it is first to identify that message of self-doubt that you typically say. So I'd say for most of us, and I will tell you very honestly, for me, my typical one that has played for years and thankfully it's getting much better, but it's, I'm not enough. And a lot of women I have found really connect with that statement. So while that might, might not be yours, think about what that is for you. And then notice, even as I say it, it doesn't sound like a positive message. No, it does. I'm not saying it with great excitement (laughs) 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 because usually doubt is heavy. It feels there is a heaviness in general about it. But what you do to change up the neural pathways in your brain and take the power away is you sing it like a Broadway musical. (laughs) I'm not good enough. And suddenly when you start singing, it immediately takes away the message of that heaviness. And that can be a great, very fast way to break yourself out of that in the moment. I love that. That's a, that's a fun one that I find is, is very, very, again, it's a quick one to do in a moment situation. Of course, there are lots of things that like me, I've been working on this for a long time. I don't think change happens overnight, but <laughs> it takes commitment, dedication and support for sure. But that can be one quick way to go. Okay. Like where the, where you have that message going on and on in your head. It's like, okay, I'm going to do the Broadway musical. And that can shake you out of it for a bit.
1: Yeah, I love that. It's so much about it because uh, let's talk a minute about why we never reach the end with that kind of thing. Because when we talk about being human and what does that mean and mindset is big, we talk about mindset a lot here at Encore Empire. And the reason we can never eradicate it 100% is because our minds do these funny little things and they start you know, things start coming into our thought processes that, that change how we're viewing things. So I love the musical idea about it because it helps get you out of that. It's like breaks up that whatever pattern you're in, because we can fall into such patterns and you don't realize it until you maybe down a rabbit hole and then you're kind of bummed out or you're really feeling bad about yourself. And there's really no reason to let it go that far, but it all comes with awareness, right?
2: So true. Well, that, that brings me to another exercise that I love that I call five and five, and that is to ask five people that you know and trust for five positive qualities and strengths about you. And to the point of where we can go down a rabbit hole and we can have a really bad day. And sometimes it's multiple days Mm -hmm. when we have this collection of beautiful things that people that we trust have given us, I like to call that the celebration portfolio. Add that to your celebration portfolio, especially for those days when you need something uplifting. And the other thing I find fascinating about that exercise is that once you gather those ideas and comments, you'll see themes. And that's, I've done it a number of times over the course of my life since high school, I think, is when I first started doing that. And it is amazing how it can be such a validator, not that we're, we need to be looking for external validation. I'm not saying it has to all be about that, but to your point about awareness, it Mm -hmm. can give perspective to go, wow, I had no idea that that's the impression that I had on this person. And oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, that is a real, I hadn't thought of the strength that that is. And so it's a really wonderful way to celebrate who you are.
1: Yeah. I love that. Awesome. And I think it it is. It's about shifting perspective and we get caught up in our things. So doing these little exercises help help us do that. Do you have any others you want to share? Sure. I could go on and on. What about you talked about that the Broadway musical one being like in the moment? But what if you're somewhere that you can't comfortably sing out loud?
2: Fair enough. (laughs) Yes. And that's a good reminder of that's one of those in the moment, if you're in your car, you're nervous about a situation or something, or, you know, you're in the bathroom, (laughs) you can do that. But the longer term effects, I would say is a culmination of things. But one of them is to decide on an affirmation, and I know you two are, so I feel like we're just built of the same cloth as far as your values and my values are so aligned and all of these things, but really looking at what affirmation, so specifically a short sentence that usually starts with I am, I know there's various versions of it, but Starting that and saying that to yourself multiple times, putting it on post-its throughout your house, putting it in, you know, even on your cell phone cover or screenshot or something, but simplicity, like I am powerful and strong or, uh, one that isn't an I am statement, but I've had a lot of people seem to like is people love to hear what I have to say. Since so many times I work with people that doubt that people want to hear what they have to say, But having those affirmations and then saying them multiple times can be very helpful. And I'll give you a perfect example. And you two probably have multiple of these as well. But I remember, I really love the word radiant. I've always loved that word. And I remember one time thinking, I want to be more radiant. So I started saying, again, simplicity, I am radiant. I don't recommend having multiple affirmations but having one at a time and then mm-hmm. trying that out for a while. So I did that for a couple of weeks and I kid you not in those 2 weeks I had two random people say <laughs> that I was radiant and it was in one was in a corporate feedback form after a training that I had done and I don't remember the other one specifically but what struck me is how we can manifest these things and not even realize that that it's happening or it it we are intentionally leaning into that thing that we want for ourselves and sometimes it's especially helpful when we don't believe the thing. Yeah, the more we say it the more you start believing it and yeah, I mean I have so many of the examples of these but those are one of, that's one of my favorite tips is the affirmations.
1: Yeah, I love that. And it brings to mind the power of our words, you know, and that's part yes. of what all of this is about is when we're feeling, when we're experiencing self doubt, we're, like you said, in the beginning, the things we're saying to ourselves aren't good, necessarily, they're not nice, and they're not positive, right?
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: the power of our words, that's such a great story. Um, so let's, how about this, this is a great question that, that we have, what holds most people back from getting what they want? Oh,
2: where can I start? (laughs) Number one, we don't know what we want. That is fascinating to me about how much control there is in that statement. That we, the first step, and I have a framework called the confidence key. And one of the steps in my framework is to identify what you want. Because so often, as women, I think in particular, we don't often allow ourselves to want because we're so focused on serving everybody else. Yeah. So that's one. But then the other one is that we don't actually ask directly or we don't even ask at all. That's probably, that's the bigger problem. We don't <laughs> ask at all. We think, Oh, who am I to be blah, blah, blah. Or what if they say no? Or I mean, all of these Feelings are real. I'm certainly not trying to dismiss them. It's so important to bring them to the surface, though, so then we can do something about them. Mm -hmm. We can ask ourselves, what is the root for me? For me, I found myself, even as an executive in a corporate environment where I was highly respected, I remember being tongue-tied in a boardroom one day in front of my peers because I had an internal conflict with my boss. I didn't know why she she should say, I don't know. I didn't agree with what she had asked me to present, but I was taught that you don't question your boss. So here I am in this internal conflict, couldn't get the words out. As a result, she shuts down the meeting in a very gracious way, pulls me aside afterward and said, this is what I'm talking about, Karen. Once again, you didn't trust your gut. You could have just said, I don't know why we were talking about this in the first place. Let's table this, which is what she said. But that moment is when I put that stake in the ground and said, I've got to figure out what my problem is. Why am I so tongue tied around this particular person? And that's when I said, I've got to set out to figure this out. And it was so much about not wanting to rock the boat. I spent most of my adulthood, childhood mostly, but adulthood too, trying to get the approval of my dad. And I was never Mm going to get it. So I remember realizing now through lots of therapy and personal growth work that my boss was the archetype of my dad. Mm. And that's when I realized, oh my gosh, so we've got to figure out what our triggers are, what people or things make us bring up stuff that make us smaller And make us play smaller? And then, how do you get to a point, which is where I feel like I am now, where I'm not, I don't let a person or a situation intimidate me so much that I hold back because I played small for too long.
0: Yeah. All right. Okay. You know, I think that is a, uh, this is kind of a universal problem, Karen. We all, I think women in general, it's just our gender and it's our generation. So yeah. between the two different things, and I think, I know that for me, um, I saw a lot of role modeling around the playing small and the catering to everybody else. And, you know, you, you're always put yourself last and, you know, you play the martyr and you just do what you're supposed to do. And, and so that's where I recognized later on in life that that was it. It was um, seeing that again and again, it was like it's like watching the same movie or listening to the same song on the radio a hundred times. Then you know the words, right? And you just you know you just know every single word, and it's right. it, it's like so ingrained in us. And and I think that is where that's the where the work is is to be aware, you know, yeah. that that's where it's coming from, and then to know you have the power to choose differently and to. Yeah to think differently. And and it is all sometimes I think we think we can't control it. But Mm -hmm. I know that we can.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I love that. Oh, my gosh. Yes. The power of self agency.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, for some reason, and I think it's I I would like to say it happens less now, but I don't know that that's true. Mm -hmm. But women have always been taught to be seen, not heard or Make yourself small. Like e- the act of not putting yourself first is, t- and that's ingrained in so many of us, is teaching us that we aren't worth putting ourselves first, that everyone else is worth more than we are. So we start shrinking back. And so, in little, even little actions, like I remember when I was a <clears throat> teenager, there was this restaurant that I loved, and I wanted to go out to lunch one day, and none of my friends could go. And I was so scared to go by myself, which is such a weird thing. But when we think about these things that feel scary, if we can push ourselves. So I used to make myself go to that place and have lunch by myself. I did it several times until I felt comfortable with it. And it's like, we have to figure out where are we, where are these invisible resistance barriers that we have that we've put up for ourselves and how do we get past them? And part of it is just, by looking at it and going, well, why am I thinking this? And then and then setting up a goal or a challenge for ourselves to do something different or to push through that. Because the more we do that, we expand our footprint. Like we're able to breathe, take up space in the room. We don't have to be a size zero and equal nothing and all those kind of things that women are taught. We get to be who we are. And I think that's why this is such a, a powerful message that you bring and I just absolutely love it. Thank
2: you. Well I'm I'm with you. I I relate to everything that you said. We are so culturally conditioned and it Mm -hmm. it is really tough to break those tapes. I mean they're they're so ingrained in what feels like our DNA. And and that's what I find so challenging is that I continue to peel back more layers of oh my gosh I I thought I was over this. And then something comes up and I go Wow. Okay, I got to lean into this. I got to figure this out so I can continue to grow and evolve.
0: And I think this this is especially important. And the reason we're talking about this in a business, you know, women's business group is because this becomes especially problematic for those of us who are in business. Oh my goodness! Yes,
2: (laughs) I think about all the things opportunities that people miss. And in the various people I coach, you know, I have a couple different masterminds and I'm amazed at, I was thinking, here's one woman, and this is a success story, but for 10 years, it wasn't. She came to me because she said, I have been working at this company and she was a senior leader there. And she said, I show up every day and I work hard. And I just thought that someone would notice and promote me. And she said, There is, I think she reached this point where she saw the need in the company that was not being met, but had so much potential. And it had such a fire within her. She finally said, I want to create this role. I want to pitch my boss. So she came to me for help with that. And the beautiful thing is that just a few months later, she did. She pitched it to her boss. She ended up creating this entire new role for herself. He knew it was needed because she was smart in the intersection of what does the company need and what can she offer? And the hard part for her was having the courage to ask and say, I want this. And she got it. Now, a lot of times there are, I also recognize that sometimes people will say to me, but I did ask and I didn't get it. So then number 1, it could just simply there's so many factors that could be going on in there, but I always tell people don't let the fact that you got to no know be affecting the fact of not asking basically. Yeah. Because sometimes yeah, it's a it's a just anybody that would have asked would have gotten to no. know. Sometimes it's hmm, I wonder if you could have had a better ask. Were th- were you not direct enough? I mean, I think back to my career I wasted a year of my life because I didn't make an ask directly. I was too nervous to flat out tell my boss that I wanted this and here's was my plan and could she help me get there? But I said something more like, so everybody on the leadership team is senior director above and I'm a senior manager. So what does that mean for me? You know, I came from this very passive place and I thought I was making a direct ask she said oh yeah yeah we'll have to figure that out well she was busy i didn't catch her at the right time i did not set aside a specific time to meet with her which also then diminished the value of me because yeah. i didn't think i was important enough to set aside a, t- a private meeting so anyway fast forward to a 8 months later something to the tune of that after bringing it up even a second time at the end of my review I was shocked because I thought I was going to be promoted and she could tell something was off. And thankfully I had a great relationship with her. And then she said, what's going on? And I said, I thought I was going to be promoted. She goes, what? She didn't even remember the conversations. Yeah. And then we had a good laugh about it and sad laugh for me, but I said, okay, let's do, I want to do a do over. I want to be promoted. I want to be a director when can we make that happen? What's getting in my way and I want to fix it. So can we create a timeline for that and see what we can do next? So it was so different. And I think if I had just said to her, I would like to be promoted. I know that I can bring value. You're already asking me to be on the leadership team. That's another lesson. I'll just say this and then stop. But <laughs> lesson to me is also don't do the job or the role or take on the additional responsibilities that are out of scope of your job until you have that conversation so then you decide do i want to keep doing this thing that's out of scope and am i going to take that on or say i don't want to do that out of scope thing unless i get a promotion or i get paid more money yeah but you know so many people you know i on, I, I lied i have to say one more thing cuz i talked to a woman in a networking event and she said something like i get to do so much they let me do, I said, you know what? I want to stop you for a moment and make you aware of some of the language you're using. Like we had a really good conversation. Ooh, I love that. Yes, Jocelyn, all, <laughs> all they can say is no. That's right. But she, uh, it was so interesting. It was a huge reframe for her. And she laughed. She goes, well, maybe I do need to be in your mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> but she was unaware. And I think a
1: lot of women are. I do too. And let's look at just for a sec, what happens when we think we are saying what we want and we're, we're being, we're communicating clearly and it doesn't go as planned. We start becoming resentful. We start maybe not doing the job because we think, well, no, it doesn't matter anyway, no matter how hard I work, I'm not going to get it. And so we can go down that road. um, And I'll say, I've, I've had those thoughts before where it's like, well, if they're not going to even appreciate what I'm doing, then I'm not going to do it. But Is it because they're not appreciating it or is it because we haven't clearly communicated that, hey, this is important to me. This is what I think we need to do. This is how I show up for the company. And I would like to be rewarded for, you don't have to say the word rewarded, but it all comes down to the communication.
2: Yeah, it is so true. I continue to be fascinated especially when the the tables get turned on me and i have to be honest with myself of mm-hmm. especially in my marriage <laughs> i think <laughs> i thought i was so clear and then sometimes my husband will say all right communication
0: expert <laughs> <laughs> oh once again yeah <laughs> No, no, that is such a good point, Karen. And it, this is, you know, this is everywhere. And I know we said in the very beginning, you know, it's from the boardroom and beyond because this affects every single role in our lives, basically, and every relationship that we have with anyone, you know, whether it's with um, our significant other, whether it is with uh, a boss, whether it is with our audience in our business and those, you know, the the prospects that we're talking to. So this it, it applies across the board Um. And there's an interesting question here that we wanted to ask you too. Um, And this falls directly in the communication piece, because I know that this is the other, so we can wrangle the self-doubt, but then we still have to deal with the communication part of everything. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So how do you stop rambling and get to the point? Because I know that this can be something we all fall into.
2: Yes, for sure. I always tell people I'm a recovering rambler myself, so I I understand. But... The first thing you do, you have to be self-aware enough to notice that you're rambling and then stop and pause. Take a moment to gather your thoughts in that pause and say out loud, my point is this. There's something about, for me, now I taught myself this and other people seem to really like it. For me, the idea of saying it out loud is important because it helps me regroup and then it actually shares to your audience or the person, you know, whether it's one person or many, that, oh, she has a point or, okay, we're going somewhere. So we're all on the same page at that yeah. moment. Now for other people, they might like, I'm more of an external processor. So that's an easy thing for me to say out loud. Some people might not want to have that out loud. So then I tell people it's the same start where you pause. Mm-hmm yeah, your thoughts and then move on. But that's not a time to go on another tangent. Now there are relevant tangents. I had a really interesting discussion with somebody and she said, well, what about tangents? And I thought, oh yeah, you're right. But then it's being so, you have to be so good. I think about this related to good facilitators. You have to Mm -hmm. be so mindful of, okay, this tangent needs to be pithy, relevant, and then bring it back to the core message of what we're actually talking about. And too often, what happens is we, most of us just generally aren't that skilled that we'll go off on tangents and then kind of forget, where was I now? And obviously, in certain situations, it's not a big deal to say that. But mm-hmm. if you say that too much, then it looks like you don't know what you're talking about. And that can take away from your credibility, especially in business.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think part of the reason we, go on tangents. I mean, I'm sure there's multiple reasons, but if we're, we have the attention of someone and we want to hold the attention. So we think we have to fill every moment with words instead of getting comfortable. It's that it's really an expansion to get comfortable with silence, to get comfortable with the pause. And I think that's, I'm sure you as a speaker have had training on that, but I think that that's where we don't even give our brains time to stop and think about what our mouth is saying. You
2: know, <laughs> yes, It's true. And I love uh, one of my mentors is Donald Miller of story brand. And he has a really funny thing that he says that if people have to burn too many calories to figure out what your point is, they're going to tune
1: out. Yeah. That's a good one.
2: Yeah. I mean, everybody is deciding If what you're saying is offering value to them, is it going to help them survive or thrive? Yeah. And as you know, our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. So it's seconds where people (laughs) decide, is this person offering me value? Do I want to keep listening or would I rather go back to whatever's on my phone or on my computer? You know, there's so many competing things
1: for our attention. Yes. Yes, definitely.
0: Yeah. All right. This has been absolutely incredibly helpful. I have got notes here and I love my favorite thing is the, my point is, (laughs) and and I'm going to say it out loud because... (laughs) I know that I can, you know, I can stray off a little bit. So, this is going to be especially helpful with my husband, I think. So, <laughs> I love
2: it. It's isn't it great how these things cross over. I mean, we take ourselves with us wherever we go anyway, but whether it's business or personal, the concepts apply.
0: That's, That's right. Yeah. So, you have a, a really great giveaway for our audience. Karen. um, Would you like to share with them what that is? Sure.
2: It's called nine words to avoid and what to say instead. And this is a freebie on my website that you can download. And I'll give a quick tip because people are often curious. What are they? What are they? Well, I love there. There's here's a two for one, just and little in certain contexts. So for example, if I were to say to the two of you, I just have a little tip that I want to share. It's, He values or de-minimizes the tip as opposed to saying, I have a tip I want to share. And it's amazing how we use these words. Even the other day at United, you know, I've been on lots of flight delays this week and we were waiting for hours. And then this guy comes on from United and he goes, well, I kind of have an update. (laughs) I'm thinking, do you kind of, or do you have an update? And it's so funny how we say these things. He did have an update and how different it would have been if he had said with confidence, I have an update for you. But when someone says, I kind of have, it takes away from the credibility and you don't feel as confident in that person.
1: Yeah, that makes so much sense.
2: Yeah, great. Thank you so
1: much, Karen. My
2: gosh. You are so welcome. It's such a pleasure. I love what the two of you are doing and look forward to more
1: conversations and yeah, all the things. Definitely. And if anyone has questions for Karen, uh, drop them under the video that you're watching. People might be seeing the replay and they can't be here live with us and that's fine. If you drop your questions under the video, we'll make sure that Karen gets the question and that she's able to respond.
2: Great. So so I love much. answering questions. I, I love I one day I want to have a communication hotline. That is one of my dreams so that people can just call in with questions
1: and get. Ooh, those I questions. love that. That's a great yeah. idea. Thanks. Yeah. All right, everyone. Um, we got to thank you. This was brilliant. So everyone's loving it as much as we are. So thank you again, Karen. And we will see everyone during the next live learning. Uh,
0: have a great rest of your week. Bye.
1: Thank you, ladies.
0: Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Encore Entrepreneur. Can you do us a favor? It will help us if you would please subscribe to the show, leave a review, and share it with your friends.
1: Our goal with this podcast is to bring you the real talk about how to be successful without compromising your values. And we need your help to spread the word.